How's it going, everybody? My name is Alexis Mika, and this is Reclaiming Resilience. Alrighty, for those of you who are new here, welcome. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. For those of you who are returning, it's wonderful to connect with you again. The title of today's episode is The Darkness in the Light. As I'm recording this, it is Christmas Eve. And Christmas is such an interesting time of the year for myself, especially. It's always held kind of a unique energy. And as I continue to work in different spaces, I'm reminded time and time again that in these places where there's a lot of light or perceived light, that's also a space where there can hold a lot of darkness. And there's a huge importance as we recognize that there's darkness within the light things, that there's also this invitation to get to know the darkness and not just spiritually bypass over it and love and light only. So we'll kind of take a look at what that means. I'll share a bit of my relationship with the holiday season and we'll dive into how to really utilize the energy of these times so that you can get to know your inner world better and really cultivate your own healing in that space. So as we open up the conversation today, I really want to invite in and hold space for whatever your experience is. So a few people that I really want to celebrate are those who are recovering addicts or individuals that have struggled with substance abuse any of that kind of stuff. I know the holiday season can be a really triggering time for that, so I'm giving you a shout out. I also want to give a shout out to the youth that I work with. A lot of these individuals are ones that have either been in foster care or they don't have a great relationship with family. And this holiday season, this time of year, can really bring up a lot of triggers. So just giving a shout out to your strength to the resilience that you showcase every single year, every single day in general, and especially during this time of the year. And then I also want to give a big shout out to those who have lost anybody over this last year. Specifically in the organization I'm working in, there have been many people that have been lost over this last year. It was before I got involved, so I don't know any of them. However, when I was younger, I did have a loss on Christmas Day, so I understand in general how challenging it can be to lose people and have to do your first Christmas without them. I want to, in this honor, two of my grandmothers passed away this last year. One of them is my great-grandma, who I am named after, and one of my memories with her is that every year she would give us a $2 bill for Christmas. So every year I have gotten this from great-grandma Viola, and this will be the first holiday without that. So lots of mixed emotions in my own heart that I can definitely honor and see that for so many individuals, the last few years have been hard. There's been a lot of loss with COVID in general, and just in general, so much loss over the last handful of years. So whatever it is you're facing this holiday season, whether you're able to find the happiness, the joy, or not, I am celebrating you and just really offering you a lot of gratitude for being here, for finding your resilience to show up for these days and to keep moving forward. Since my early 20s, I've really dedicated a lot of time into exploring different religious spaces 
and different spiritual traditions. And so I want to bring a bit of that conversation into today's topic, especially because Christmas is coming up. And I did grow up in a Catholic church where we honored Jesus and we honored Christmas as his birthday. So whether you are religious or not, uh, stick with me here because there's a few pointers that I want to invite in to set the foundation for this topic of the darkness and the light. So as a little girl, and even now when I reflect back on religion, I don't think there's anything wrong with religion. I think that depending on how religion is utilized, it can be a really healing space for some individuals. And I know that there's a lot of different types of churches. So I didn't necessarily have the best experience in my own church, but I know there's also a lot out there that operate in a very different way. So just kind of inviting in that space of acceptance for what the church is, the role that it plays within earth at this time, and that whether you find alignment in it or not, it's one option for connecting to a higher purpose, a higher being. And my experience with that was that when I looked at, and still to this day, when I look at these images of Jesus and God and Mother Mary, they very much radiate this love and light kind of energy that God and Jesus, they're, they're glowing in a way. They've got the halo, they're smiling, they look very peaceful. And in many ways, my personal experience throughout religion and even in the spiritual space, when I first kind of stepped into a secular meditation space, was that this love and light idea and concept really did kind of create this overcast of the human experience. So there's this idea that Jesus is all forgiving and that your darkness and your sin can be washed away. And within that, there's this idea that your darkness and your sin is bad. It's wrong. It's not good enough. And it has to be forgiven for you to be able to arrive at heaven at this love and light space, right? And that's okay. That's a paradigm for some people that really works well. For myself, as a survivor of sex trafficking, as someone who grew up watching social work and watching the foster care system unfold and seeing individuals who really they had all of these different stories, it didn't quite click for me. I think the big, big, huge shift in my life where I went from really being a part of the church and that really aligning with me to starting to have some questions was when I was in about sixth grade and I had a gymnastics coach who passed away on Christmas Day. When that event happened, it created this almost like break in my brain where it didn't make sense to me that God could allow for someone that was so extraordinary and cared so much who had such a big heart to die on Jesus's birthday. That did not compute in my brain. And I was little. I didn't have a lot of understanding around religion, around death, any of that stuff. But it really created this space for me to start to question religion, question spirituality, question life in its totality, life and death, all of the different things. And I think it really opened up kind of a dark path for me where I started to really kind of fall into some of the mental health challenges that were within my family 
and some of just the pain and suffering of being a human. Life really got pretty challenging at that point. And then eventually I went down the path of being sex trafficked, really a lot of drug abuse, different things like that. So that darkness became kind of this idea of what my life was. I really danced in the darkness for quite some time. For me, when it was time for me to come out of that dark space and really find unconditional love for my experience, acceptance, move back into the light of the world, it meant that I had to honor and love and accept the parts of me that had been through these really dark chapters. And I mean, so many different dark chapters, right? But I couldn't just kind of wash over them and spiritually bypass them. I really had to love and honor and accept them. What's been really cool is that as I've become older and I've entered different spaces to really try to hold space for other people, there's a lot of places where maybe there's judgment or, I mean, the story that I hear so often is, I don't understand how someone could. That phrase, I don't understand how someone could. So often when that phrase is spoken, my brain goes to, I completely understand how they could and how can we help them through this space. And so really in my own journey, going through a dark chapter and finding that balance of love and light and the darkness and the pain and suffering has helped me to have a really strong understanding that people suffer. They go through pain. They make mistakes. They can struggle. They can really have these dark chapters. And instead of judging them or not having understanding for them in those moments, how can we offer that love and light to that space? How can we offer that acceptance and that unconditional love, acceptance, honoring of their journey? Because really, when we allow the two to come together, that's where we can find balance and we can really move in a powerful direction. You as a human are made of both the light and the dark. You are made of mistakes and lessons and hardship and pain and suffering but you're also made of love and joy and happiness. From my experience, what I have seen is when we ignore or suppress one aspect of who we are, then we lose the connection with the other part of who we are. So, so many individuals that I've met that really are in this concept, this idea, this construct of that sin, that's bad, I shouldn't do that, right versus wrong, very much that dichotomy of everything's black and white, good or bad, right, wrong, evil and darkness versus love and healing. When we have that separation between the two and we shove down a part of who we are, then it really limits our experience as a human being. So Say you're in this concept and idea that, oh, I can't do this because that's sin and that's bad, or that's wrong, or that's not good enough, it's bad. Then what happens to that part of you that can be 100% present in the gratitude of this moment, the joy and the bliss, that childlike energy of this experience here? Really that childlike innocence where we step in and we say, wow, this earth is beautiful. This experience is magical. I get to be on earth as at this time as a human, and I get to dance around earth and the creativity of possibility. We lose so much access to that when we start to shame our darkness. And the opposite can be true when we dive into the darkness and really just 
get stuck in it. It can be very intoxicating in many ways to just be in that dark stuff. When we dive too far into that, we can also lose parts of ourselves as well. So it's really important to find that that balance between the two. And there's really a powerful way to honor all parts of who we are in order to find healing. So this last week, as we've been getting ready for Christmas, for those who celebrate, and even for those who don't, this is such a powerful holiday energetically. We also just had the winter solstice. So energetically, we're all being affected and influenced by this celebration because so many people on planet Earth do celebrate this time. It's the same as there's different traditions, maybe in India, that individuals in America don't celebrate, but the energy influx at that time can be felt because so much of the population of Earth does celebrate that tradition, that ritual. So as we kind of are honoring this, this last week, I have been just, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of the individuals that I work with, bringing Christmas presents, really holding space for the experience they're having, the stress, the struggle, the trauma of the holiday season. And it's been so interesting to witness. Number one, it's been kind of validating from my own experiences of the holidays aren't always great. And in my own journey this year, I've had a bit more access to the joy and the excitement of Christmas for the first time in many years due to some of the healing work I've been doing over this last year. But in that, I've also just been so present to and really been in a space to listen to different people's stories and perspectives and experience of this holiday season. When we look at kind of the cultural messaging that is given to us, the Christmas films, the commercials, the idea of Christmas is this idea of abundance, unconditional love, celebration, joy, and really there is this tone of magic that exists. There's this opening of that childlike, playful energy that's here and accessible to all of us at this time. Now, it can be really fun to step into that and to let that magic fill your heart. But when that kind of a vibration comes in in such a powerful way, as it does around Christmas time, there can also be something really powerful that happens energetically where all of the stuff that doesn't live at that vibration starts to shake up. It starts to come to the surface. So we can see things like people are so much more agitated. Financial stress can really get activated in a bigger way. Dysregulated nervous systems can feel even more dysregulated as you have more that you have to do and the things you have to show up for there can be those internal feelings of guilt or undeservingness that get amplified when we look at like a mantra meditation we look at this idea and concept of this mantra this word has a vibration to it and as you recite that vibration it kind of acts like a hammer and starts to hit away at anything in your energy body that does not align with that vibration well, when spiritual holidays and celebrations, these rituals come up, the same kind of energy takes place. We see this in different holiday traditional celebrations such as Navratri in India or there's Kali Chattas where it's this influx of this higher vibration, this joy, amusement, kind of a vibration that comes down and it really starts to shake up the heaviness and darkness. So what we can see on the other side of that is that the heaviness, the pain, the suffering also shows up in a bigger way. And there can be some clearing of that energy if you're conscious and aware of what's happening 
in that energetic vibration kind of a space. So around the holiday season, as this joy and light is showing up, it's absolutely so powerful and healing to take some time to pause, to take some time to rest and go within and ask, what suffering am I carrying in my body? What darkness lives within me? What suppression do I hold in my body, in my heart, that maybe through this holiday season, I can ask for a bit of support, a bit of unconditional acceptance towards as I enter into these higher vibration times. And there, you know, it kind of requires a lot of trust to the unknown, to the energies around. If you're someone that does not operate within that space or that doesn't align for you, then this just may not be the podcast episode for you. We do talk about the energy side and the psychology of things a lot. And so if we go into the psychology of it and kind of get more into that perspective, we can see that we can have corrective experiences. So maybe in the past, Christmas meant suffering. It meant your family not showing up for you. It meant just these really hard moments, maybe where you struggled with addiction, you struggled with family dynamics. And so how can you, this holiday season, create something different for yourself? Step into your own inner authority, your self-worth and deservingness, and create for yourself those things that you were powerless to in the past. Maybe as a kid, you didn't have a choice because you were under your family's authority. They're the ones who were in charge of taking care of you. You didn't have those tools yet, so you couldn't choose for it to be different. How can you arrive back at that decision, that power of choice that you now can have as you're older and create what you've always wanted for yourself? How can you sit with the darkness of those experiences and honor what you went through, honor the younger version of yourself and ask that version of self, what did you need that then that you couldn't get, that you couldn't have access to? And how can I give that to you now? And by doing that, you create something called a corrective experience for yourself where you rewrite that story from pain and suffering into this space of healing, this space of what you deserve, where you really can start to create new stories and memories for yourself that have a more healing energy to them. So as you step into this holiday season and just moving forward in general, it's powerful to do this because if we don't, what can happen is that those unconscious moments of pain and suffering and hardship, they can come to the surface and it can create real chaos in your life. So the other day I was at the post office and I was picking up a letter that we had delivered there. And of course it was really busy because it's a few days before Christmas. And there was this woman that was very obviously as I walked into the space, she was very stressed in a dysregulated nervous system state. And by the time she got up to the counter, she was screaming at the employee that was there helping her. Now, it doesn't matter what anyone could have said in that moment. This woman was in this trigger state. She was in this overwhelm. And she was very polite in that, in the sense of she had at least a bit of awareness to know that she was being aggressive in that moment. And she also apologized and shared all the stress she was in in that moment. So we can see these things really start to come up to the surface. And maybe we don't want to behave in this way, but unconsciously we just start to react to the environment around us. And when we're in that reaction, 
when we're in such a triggered state and the nervous system is so overwhelmed that we're just in stress, those are the perfect moments. Those are the most powerful moments to pause, to create space for yourself to go within and say, okay, what's going on here? What do I need? What's not being honored that I need to bring some honoring towards? And by doing that, we honor that darkness within versus just spiritually bypassing it, washing over it, saying it's not real, and just trying to be happy all of the time. If you try to be happy all of the time, then you are completely avoiding and ignoring all of those other emotions underneath. And you are a multidimensional being that is going to experience every emotion in this lifetime. And whether we want to believe it or not, you know, my personal belief in something that's helped me through life, through the suffering I've experienced, is that I came to Earth to experience Earth. And that means every dimension of Earth, every part of Earth. And by giving myself that perspective, I can honor those moments that were really hard, where I really went through suffering. And I can give myself and those parts of me compassion and love and forgiveness and really own that part of who I am as a part of my experience and my human and who I am. By doing that, it continues to create more space for me to feel the unconditional love and joy and happiness of the present moment. So I hope that kind of helps and offers a bit of guidance towards the holiday season. I want to invite in kind of a fun little story around corrective experiences to give just a bit of an example as to how that can play out. And I just, I want to celebrate my husband in this story because, man, he just continues to help me have these corrective experiences and he's been such a healing person for me. So I love you. I celebrate you and I appreciate you if you're listening. And here's my story. So when I was younger, there was one Christmas where I really wanted a Cabbage Patch doll. And I remember that this Cabbage Patch doll that I wanted was green eyes and blonde curly hair. Now, all of the dolls during that time, they were kind of all the same with like the straight blonde or brown hair and the blue eyes and brown eyes. And there was something about getting a doll that looked like me that was really important to me. And to give you a little bit more context of this, when it comes to my family, at the time, it was me and my two sisters, and both of my sisters had my mom's blonde, pin-straight hair and my dad's blue eyes. And so I was the only one in the family that had these really tight ringlet curls in the green eyes. So already within my family, I felt a little bit different and like I looked different. Eventually, my brothers came along, they got the green eyes and the curly hair, and so I wasn't alone anymore. But at this time, I very much felt like I looked different from other members of my family. And so this doll was very, very important to me. Now, I remember that Christmas, I did get a Cabbage Patch doll, but it was not the one that I wanted. And I threw the biggest fit, and I got in so much trouble for throwing a fit. And that was a memory that really stuck with me to the point of it's something I still have thought about how many years later. This was elementary school. I'm now 30 years old. So how many years later I still think about this, right? And 
it was a moment where I felt so much shame for being ungrateful, but really I had a need that no one around me could really understand. I couldn't even understand it to express it. And so in that, it was a need that wasn't met. And then there was a lot of shame that was kind of built up around me having that reaction of not feeling seen and heard and loved and validated for the inner experience I was having. I didn't really feel like I got the support around understanding what I was experiencing internally. And that's really an important thing to give to your kids. But at the same time, a lot of adults don't even understand what's going on internally, so they can't pass that forward. And no adult is perfect to be able to read their kid's mind all of the time to know. So, you know, my parents did the best they could. No hate on them. They showed up how they wanted to show up or could show up. And I showed up in the best way I could. And that's okay. It just, it wasn't the experience that was happy memory kind of an experience. It was the opposite where it was a really hard Christmas because of that. So this year, while I've been holiday shopping, at one point in the year, this memory came up around this Cabbage Patch doll. And my dad actually at one point brought up remembering that Christmas and he apologized for not listening to what I needed. So on his own, he brought that up that was really healing. And then when I was out and about shopping for different Christmas things for different members of my family, I found a Cabbage Patch doll. And I had no idea that they still even made these. And there was one at the store. And I got so excited and I was going to buy it for myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy this. I don't need a Cabbage Patch doll, but I am going to take a photo of it and share it with my family and tell them how excited I am that I found this thing that really resonated with my inner child. That still, we all have that inner child that lives within each of us, right? And so last night I was with my husband and we were giving each other some early Christmas presents and he pulled out the exact Cabbage Patch doll that I had wanted. And he had gone to the store after seeing that I wanted this doll and after me being like, no, I'm not going to get that for myself. It's okay. I'll get other people presents instead. And he went and purchased the doll for me and gave it to me for Christmas. So in that experience, I mean, I can't tell you how excited my inner child was last night when I got this doll and I took it out of the package and it brought back all of the memories from childhood. And in that moment, it was a corrective experience because as an adult, I was able to create for myself and have that experience with the people in my life of what I didn't get as a child. So it was a corrective experience where that experience I had as a little girl where I wasn't seen and heard, I felt invalidated. Now I could offer that space where by seeing and hearing myself and voicing how much excitement I had around this doll and finding it, then my partner was able to align and help me create this corrective experience. So don't get me wrong, it's taken me a lot of years, a lot of hard conversations, a lot of just really deep work to arrive at a place where I could have this corrective experience. But it is possible for all of us to kind of step into that space to really go within, ask our inner child, children, uh, the inner child within, what do I need right now? Where do I feel not seen and not validated? As kids, when kids have reactions, when they have behaviors that we label as bad, it's because there's something within them that's not a need that's not being met. When you become an adult, the same is true. 
when adults have behaviors that we label as bad or not appropriate, it's because there's a part of them that isn't being seen, heard, and validated. And the more that you can go within and really take time to pause and do that self-care and reflect and sit with your inner world experiences, the more you can start to learn, what do I need right now? I'm feeling this emotion, this behavior start to step in. I'm feeling that anger, that aggression where I want to react, really start to activate. What What's going on? What part of me needs something different right now where I feel like I need to react and have this emotional outburst to this thing versus being able to sit within. Now, I do want to offer a disclaimer here. As someone who has PTSD, I'm very aware that when your brain goes through too much trauma and you do enter into a state of PTSD or when you have these chemical imbalances, that pause where you can have that emotion come up and have the space to pause before going into the action. That's something that you really may have to work on cultivating. There can be triggers where you are reacting before you have conscious awareness of what's taking place. So when you have that reaction before that conscious awareness kicks in, please give yourself a lot of grace and see how early you can bring awareness in. And maybe it starts where you have a reaction to something and it's like three days later before you're able to be like, oh my gosh, this is what happened for me to be able to understand that. It may take you going and talking to a therapist or a trained professional that actually like has the training on how to help you navigate this before you have awareness. But by continuing to practice this tool, number one, you're rewiring your brain. So the part of your brain that helps you access this space can continue to grow and expand through different tools, which again, any kind of trained therapist can really help you navigate this space. That's a lot of the work that's done in that therapy room is helping your brain to really shift how it operates. So this is biological, right? So give yourself grace here because as you do that, you'll help that part of your brain grow and you'll get to that conscious awareness piece quicker and quicker and quicker as you continue to practice this space. So give yourself grace, give yourself love, and really remember to show up for yourself in a way of just give yourself grace to the best of your ability. And that comes back to the topic of this conversation. How can you honor your darkness and your light? For you, that may look very different than how it looks for me from what I've shared in this podcast episode. So I invite you to spend some time over the next week as we enter into Christmas and we explore New Year's and we kind of arrive back to our daily routines to really reflect on that and honor whatever that means for you. Maybe honoring your darkness means going to a one of those rooms where you can like throw axes or like the break rooms where you can like break things, um, whatever they're called, and just destroying that room so you can get your anger out so that you can really honor your anger in that part of you. Maybe it means going to a hiking trail and getting to the top of a mountain and just screaming and letting it out. Maybe it means finally having that conversation with somebody that you've been people-pleasing, but you just need to finally tell them how you actually feel. So whatever it is for you, it is going to look different because you're a unique individual that has experiences that are uniquely your own. So what you need is going to look different from anyone else. So really honor that space of creativity as you explore the parts of you that are 
dark and light and somewhere in between. And I hope you remember that you're not wrong. You're not bad. There's nothing about your experience that is so terrible that you are not deserving of unconditional love and happiness in this life. And I know when we get into the pit of the darkness, it can feel that way. But I hope that this episode can be just that spark of light, that flame of forgiveness to help you remember that you're loved, you're needed, you are deserving. And regardless of what you've been through in this life, I'm grateful you're here. I'm grateful you keep showing up every day. And I hope that you continue to find the strength. And honestly, for those of us that have had to be strong for so long, I hope you find that place where you can have rest and you don't have to be strong anymore because you have that love and support around you. So you can finally have a break from the strength that you are still always carrying that strength, but also finding that space of peace and support. Alrighty, I'm going to leave it here. I am sending you all the biggest holiday, big, gigantic virtual hug. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful next few weeks ahead. I look forward to connecting in the next episode. And please remember, we have our weekly healing circle every Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time on Insight Timer. So you can find all my information on Insight Timer. And I look forward to connecting with you there.